We have to fight for our victory. It doesn't just come. Just by you bowing before Jesus and saying a sinner's prayer does not get the victory you need in your life. You have to fight for it. You have to appropriate what God promised to us. And so uh, this is a a continuation of that, this series of fighting for it. And uh, I I applaud the pastors for taking on this uh, series. It's going to be intense today, some of the things we're going to be talking about. You can turn your Bibles in Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to read through verse 10 through 18. We're going to be talking about evil rulers, authorities, mighty powers. This is what the Bible says that we are up against all the time. We're going to read from verse 10 in Ephesians chapter 6, and it says, A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you may be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. So there is armor that we can put on. You have to know what your armor is. And if you don't know, you're exposed. I'm letting you know right now you're exposed if you don't know what that armor is. And to stand against strategies. There are strategies. Satan, these demons, they have studied your life. They know you. They know your strengths. They know your weaknesses. They come against your weaknesses. You have to be aware of his strategies. Verse 12, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. It is not people that we're fighting against. If you're in contention with somebody, there's something else behind this contention. These wars that are going on in the world, it is not two governmental powers. There's other forces behind it all that's taking place. So there's these flesh, and it's not flesh and blood enemies. But the thing that's really behind it is evil rulers evil authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this world. It says mighty. They are, they are mighty. We have the greater one that dwells inside of us. And if you don't have the faith that Christ is greater inside of you than he that is in the world, then Satan will overcome you. You have to have the faith is what triumphs. If you don't have the faith, you aren't going anywhere. So it is this... Uh, these, these authorities and the, these rulers, the mighty powers in the dark world against evil spirits in the heavenly places. All around us in the heavenlies, in the sky above us, on the earth, they are all around us. Verse 13, therefore put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. When you have God's armor on, you will be able to stand. You can resist. Don't think you're so weak you can't do it. Because we at New Hope Christian Center can teach you how to stand. There are tools, there's resources, there are people that can teach you how to stand. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. You can stand. Verse 14, stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth. And the body armor of God's righteousness. Pastor Dio spoke of the belt of truth last week. I'm going to be mentioning about the body armor of God's righteousness. Some of your translations will say the breastplate of righteousness that guards our vital organs. And verse 15, for shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Fiery arrows, that means he's shooting at you. He's shooting at us collectively. He wants to inflict us with pain. If it wasn't possible for us as Christians to be inflicted by Satan in some way or another, this verse wouldn't be here and we wouldn't have this warning given to us. We have to take this warning seriously. 
So then it goes on. Uh, Hold up the shield of faith to stop the arrows of the devil, verse 17. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Some people, if I would ask them if you were born again, I would get responses like, I hope so, I think so, I don't know. Well, those are the ones that don't have on a helmet of salvation and you're exposed to the powers of darkness. You have to have the faith that your name is written in heaven and you're going to go there when you die. If you don't have that assurance, you need to get that assurance today. Be at the end of the service, there's people that will be up here to pray with you, and you can have that assurance today, and you have to stand on that assurance. That is the faith. That is the shield that we're talking about. Verse 18, pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. My goal today is to awaken your perception of the spirit realm. There's a spirit realm all around us. And if you're not aware of it, you're not in tune with it, you're going to be exposed to attack. Our focus is always on Jesus, okay? We're, high, we're, we're, we're concentrating today on these demonic powers, but we're focusing on our deliverer. We have a deliverer. He is more powerful than all of these forces combined. So we don't have to fear. We have absolutely no fear of them. We can walk in confidence. So... Um, but all around us, there's a, a secular culture. We live in a secular nation. And when we say the word secular, it means we disregard or we're neutral to, towards uh, spiritual realities. So the government, when they engage in their business and doing things, they don't acknowledge spiritual realities. They don't talk about that. In the schools, you don't talk about spiritual things. So it's a secular nation. And so say the word devil, demon, spiritual rulers, evil, mighty powers. You know, you, you looked at it a little bit strange, right? That's, but that's what we are as followers of Jesus. We believe the word of God. 50% of the Christians in the United States do not believe in a literal Satan. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is how secularized culture around us has infiltrated the church so much so that this Bible has lost a lot of its authority. It's lost a lot of its meaning. 50% of the people that say that they are a Christian do not believe that there is a literal Satan, that this word Satan, this demons is just symbolic of evil within all of us. But in New Hope here, we believe what the Bible says. And when Jesus engaged with demons, he engaged with demons. And when he spoke of Satan, there was a, there's a literal Satan. We believe that. We're not ashamed to say that. If you believe in God, look what it says in John chapter 4, verse 24. It says, for God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. If you're a worshiper of God, you believe in the spirit realm. And everything that, is a, that comes along with that. It means angels. Angels are spirits. In Hebrews it says that uh, angels are ministering spirits. They are spirits. There's another realm. And so along with the, the angels, there's the demons. It, it all comes in a big package. You can't have one without the other. So I'm going to talk a little bit about some experiences that my wife and I have had in Indonesia as a missionary. Uh, everybody would wear amulets to protect themselves from spirits. Um, the rest of the world is highly in tune of the, spirit, of the spirit world all the time. They're doing everything they can to appease the spirits or to protect themselves from them. Uh, we have a documented a book that uh, 
shows New Hope Christian Center's journey to reach an unreached people group over there in Indonesia. And in that book, we have three chapters of paranormal beliefs that they have. I mean, we used to go and we studied all of these behaviors, these activities that they did. It's titled Paranormal Beliefs. I mean, one time I would read the newspaper to study the language and to study the culture, to understand what's going on in the community. And I read this newspaper article one day, and I thought, what in the world are they talking about? Because, and, and so I had this uh, uh, high school principal. He would come to my home about once a week or so, and he was a Muslim guy, and, and uh, he would uh, kind of help me learn more about the culture and questions that I would have. And I asked him one day about this article I read in the newspaper, and I go, it says here that these people are kafrasukan Satan. What's that mean? It was these people were possessed by the, these evil spirits in a high school. And he goes, yeah, that happens all the time. So it's very common in Indonesia that at, at, at any given moment, you don't know when it's going to happen, that a, a whole horde of demons will just flood into a high school and everybody will go crazy. I mean, they just become demon-possessed. They start crawling around on the ground, screaming, yelling, tearing at their hair, pulling off their clothes, and it just, uh, it ha- it's regular. And the people know it, and they read it in the newspapers. It's out in the open. It was overwhelming to me that when I first got there that there was that awareness of the spirit realm. So they have this real heightened sense of a need to have amulets and to carry them. They carry them in their wallets, in their purses, in their cars. They put them in their homes up on the walls of their house to keep the evil spirits out. It doesn't always work very good. They're always there. Uh, I, I used to go to all these, these uh, sorcerers' homes all the time, these mediums. I would go into their homes and I would study them. And they were very open, you know, when I'd have questions. And they would show me all their artifacts, their, their paraphernalia that they used to cast spells and all that kind of stuff. And so that's how I, I learned so much about it. So it just permeates the culture of these other nations. The military, the government, the police, they, would, they go through rituals all the time to uh, protect all, the, all of the people involved. Just ceremonies and rituals, it's, it's, it's just amazing. And, uh, but it's not in the U.S., is it? It's not here in our country, is it? Go, go, go to the Barnes & Noble's bookstore and just walk through those aisles and look at how many books have demonic, occult, New Age themes. It is just, it's just, it's just everywhere. And those are the books that are selling. They only stock books that sell. So that is what is happening in our culture right now. Uh, another thing that took place in Indonesia, uh, in 2007, we had a group from New Hope Christian Center go over there. We went out into the western mountain ranges and, uh, and the foothills of those, the, that mountain range. And uh, one night in the, in the hotel, uh, uh, it was about midnight, and I had, this, I had a dream, these, these demonic faces from a distance, they would come at me. And then another one, and then another one, and another one. It was just really powerful, really horrific uh, images that was coming at me. And I, and I woke up, and when I woke up, they were still coming at me, and, 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 and it was real, and, uh, and I started praying and praying, and I couldn't break it, and then sitting next, laying next to me was Tim Thurston, he usually attends the second service, uh, I go, Tim, I need some help here, <laughs> so let's pray together, so we prayed a little bit, and, and that thing broke. And then so we went back to sleep, and then it started in again, I started seeing those images come at me, this time it was even stronger than before. And there was a weight pressing me down into the bed, and I couldn't get up. And, uh, and I started praying again. It wouldn't break. I, Tim, waking Tim up. We started praying again. And it wouldn't break with our prayers this time. 
And uh, so I grabbed my Bible and I opened up to Psalms 91 and I started reading the first four verses. And after, after the fourth verse, it broke and the presence of God flooded into that, that, that room. So, so this is real stuff. The, the, when you go into an area where Christ has not been proclaimed yet and the powers of darkness are still entrenched, you're going into territory where Satan says, this is my land. You don't belong here. Even when we went over there, we were living there, we would travel around with the Indonesian evangelists and we would go out into some of these areas like this and they would, we'd wake up in the morning and they'd ask me, they'd say, they said, Chad, did you have a, a nightmare last night? I go, yeah, how'd you know? They go, we all did. That happens all the time to us whenever we go into areas like this. So it is very common. When you invade Satan's territory, he's going to, you're going to get some pushback. And so if you're not getting tormented by Satan, then you're not giving him any problems. So, uh, so we, there was also a mental health rehabilitation center there in Indonesia that uh, we were working with. And uh, we'd seen dozens and dozens of people set free from demonization, demon possession. And they, people would come back to their right mind. People that were written off as hopeless, helpless, incurable. And uh, when I come back to the United States, I went to a Christian mental health conference. Uh, there was like 800 people there all across the spectrum for uh, mental health and, uh, and uh, the, the, it was a Christian. It was, it was put on by Christians. And there was evangelical leaders, if I would name them, who were some of the main speakers, you would know them because they're some of the largest churches in the United States. And uh, they, they, they very adamantly said, there is no connection with demons and mental illnesses. That, that is what they proclaimed. And the, their, their guest speaker, a prominent uh, psychologist, a Christian, Good man, I'm sure all these are good people, but he said, if there's anything like demonization today, today, it's only in uncivilized, uh, backwards, undeveloped nations. That's the only place you're going to find demonization. Uh, but, uh, so let me tell you, so this was huge. This is the mental health profession. Whether they are Christian or not, they approach mental health from a secular perspective. They will not... I'm saying most of them. Most of them will not apply spiritual remediation to a mental health issue. We at New Hope Christian Center have seen something phenomenal. And just in the past several years, we have seen people with psychotic disorders healed. I'm talking about schizophrenia, bipolar, borderline personality, PTSD, OCD, sexual disorders, depression, anxiety. And some of the most remarkable successes that we have seen is people with dissociative identity disorder or multiple personalities. Can you imagine somebody that has been locked up in a hospital for most of their life, chained to a bed even? Then they switch from one personality to another all the time and see that individual come back to the right mind. We have seen that through this ministry here at New Hope Christian Center. There's people, there's people here that know how to pray, and people don't have to suffer with this stuff. You don't have to suffer with this stuff. If you have any kind of mental disturbance or trouble, you can be set free. You can be set free. This is regular. We see this almost on a weekly basis. Somebody's getting set free from this stuff. It is real. But uh, even in churches that, uh, that do believe in this uh, 
demons, Satan. You might hear phrases like, oh, we don't talk about the devil around here because we don't want to give him any attention. Or, or, or we only focus on Jesus. We don't focus on Satan. Listen, what military leader, general, would only look at the commander-in-chief and just stare at the commander-in-chief their entire life and not become aware of the strategies of the enemy that is lining up against them? You would not study how their, how their tactics and what they're doing, and you wouldn't make preparations to be able to stand in case of an attack. This, this is just common sense. Of course you focus on Christ. Yes, that's our focus. But you should also be aware that there are other things out there that you have to become aware of. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, in verse 10 through 11, it says, When you forgive this man, I forgive him too. And when I forgive whatever needs to be forgiven, I do so with Christ's authority for your benefit, so that Satan will not outsmart us. For we are familiar with his evil schemes. Now just look at that verse for a little bit. Every person that I have ministered to in the last several years, I'm talking about hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people I've ministered to in the past several years, every single one of them had a problem with unforgiveness. Every single one of them. And if you have a mental, if a person has mental illness, I guarantee it. I guarantee forgiveness is behind, unforgiveness is behind it all. That is the foundation. That's why we at New Hope, that's probably the most prominent sermon that you have ever heard at New Hope Christian Center. It's about you have to forgive. You have to forgive. You have to release. Because that is a strategy of Satan. That is an evil scheme of him. He outsmarts us all the time with this unforgiveness stuff. So you're battling with unforgiveness. You need to come up here at the end of the service and make a decision. Say, I am choosing to forgive that person. And the, per- and the people that are going to pray with you will pray with you and to keep working with you to enable you to stand. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 and 9, it says, stay alert. Watch out. For your great enemy, the devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Also in Ephesians 6, we've already read that in verse 16. It says, in addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Satan is shooting at you. And if it wasn't possible for some of his arrows to get through, this warning wouldn't be given to us. If we don't have our shield up, if we don't have this armor in place, these arrows are going to find their way in. It's not saying you're going to become demon-possessed. We don't believe that a Christian become demon-possessed, but you can become oppressed, and you can become tormented in your mind. You can become afflicted physically. But, uh, so if you don't have your armor on, you open yourself up and you become exposed. Some, uh, another verse in uh, Psalms chapter 64, verse 3 and 4 says, They sharpen their tongues like swords and aim their bitter words like arrows. They shoot from ambush at the innocent, attacking suddenly and fearlessly. Oh, all you people at New Hope, you see a demon behind every bush. We've all heard that phrase, haven't we? That's one of Satan's tactics to get us to shut up and not think about, not talk about demons. So how much should we talk about demons? How often should we talk about them? I think we ought to be balanced, right? 
We don't want to just say demons, 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 they're chasing me, they're around me, you know, be fearful. We don't have to be afraid of them, but, but we do look, look at the Bible. How often does the Bible talk? How often did Jesus talk about demons? How often did Jesus interact with demons? How often did he warn us about them? And so if we would look into the synoptic gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, we will find that one-third of the chapters in Matthew, Mark, and Luke talk about demons Jesus interacting with demons, talking to Satan, talking to demons, casting demons out, warning us about the works of Satan. Only one-third of the chapters. So we would be balanced. We would be safe if we only talk about our enemy one-third of the time. Okay? But follow the science. Isn't that a common phrase today? Follow the science. Poor Jesus, he didn't know any better. He wasn't trained and educated in modern psychology. He didn't know that this was uh, really schizophrenia when he thought he was casting demons out of people. You know, that is what is commonly said today. Even among evangelical writers, I, I went to that, that, that Christian conference on uh, mental health, and that's what they stay in their books they say Jesus wasn't educated in modern psychology. He didn't know that this was this a supposed demon possession was really uh, just a mental illness. Uh, listen, Jesus is God. He's the source of all wisdom and knowledge. He knew what he was dealing with. He knew what he was doing. So I want to be clear about clear about something right here, though. Um, Every mental illness doesn't mean it's demonization, okay? I want to be very clear. Not every instance of somebody's mental disorder is demonization. But I want to warn you about something. Not far behind that mental illness, there's some demons that are coming in close. Because when a person cannot fight for themselves, and their mind is so tormented, and they're so distracted, that's when the demons will come, and they will exacerbate that situation and make it worse. So when you have any kind of heavy stress, you become exposed because you can't fight anymore. You're not able to stand like the Bible says, stand your ground, stand firm, clothed in God's armor. But when you have overwhelming stress, overwhelming anxiety of relational problems, you become weakened in your ability to fight. You, that's what the body of Christ is for, to come alongside of you, to hold you up. You need to trust the church, the people, the leaders here to enable you to stand and to pull you through those difficult times. So I'm going to say it again. I'm being recorded right now. Just because a person has been diagnosed with mental illness does not mean they are demonized. But... You can be sure, not far behind, there are some demons looking for an opportunity to make that situation a lot worse. Let's go to something else here for a second. Things that go bump in the night. Have you guys ever had something go bump in the night in your homes? Who hasn't, right? Listen, we know how to stop those bumps. Those doors that open and close and aren't supposed to be open and closing on their own. Hearing footsteps go across the floor. Hearing voices in another room. Seeing shadows. Listen, this is real common. We don't talk about that because if you, if you would tell somebody about that, they'll like, you know, you need to go to the doctor. You need to get some medicine. That's what they'll tell you. Listen, you can tell us that and we believe you. 
We will believe you and we will help deal with that situation and we'll get that stuff out of your home. We know, this church knows how to deal, we deal with it. I want you to talk, if anybody's got that going on right now in your home, uh, I want to encourage you to talk to Zach and uh, Christy Furman. Okay, it was one year ago in March, they had all of that stuff going on and a whole lot more in their house. They've, they've, they've testified publicly, Facebook and up here in front of the church as well, so I, I feel free. And I even told them I was going to say it, and they said I can. So they had all kinds of tormenting things going on in their home. They could not sleep. They were terrified, scared. And uh, so I want to encourage you to talk with them. Zach, their lives are totally turned around. Absolute transformation in their lives. Zach, Zach plays the guitar up here. They're, they're ministering to their, their community where they're living. And it's just phenomenal what God has done. What, what they did, they, they came to the Saturday morning prayer that Anita's leading and, uh, over there. And Pastor Deal prayed for them. And that started the process for clearing everything out. And it was just amazing. Can you imagine? It isn't just uh, Zach and, and Christy Furman's home, but also other people's homes. As soon as you walk in the door, you just feel whew, this heaviness. This darkness, this weight, this oppression. There's some people's homes that are like that. If your home is like that, you can let us know and we can break that thing. It doesn't have to stay there. If there's continual fighting, arguing, bickering, contention in your home, let the pastors know. Because you're not wrestling against flesh and blood. There's spirits behind it all. But isn't this just mass hysteria? Overactive imagination when these things happen in the home? Well, I'll tell you what, we know how to evict mass hysteria. Yeah, <laughs> we know how to make the overactive imagination go away. The people on the, um, the, the Saturday morning prayer group, the deliverance team, the, the uh, freedom group leaders, they know how to pray. They know how to get, help you get victory over these areas in your life. So in Ephesians 6, 14, it says, Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. This is the body armor, the chest, breastplate of righteousness. That's what that is. You have to put these things on. It doesn't just happen. You have to do something with it. You have to appropriate these tools and resources that enable you to stand. And we're specifically focusing on this body armor, this breastplate of righteousness. Uh, It's us. What it is is us walking in righteousness. As Christ is, so are we in this world. That's a hard verse to grasp, but we say, as Christ is, so are we in this world. As Jesus, we have to identify ourselves with him. We identify, if Jesus is holy, pure, righteous, we are holy, pure, righteous, and that's how we live. That is our righteousness. That is a breastplate. That is what protects us from Satan's arrows, walking in holiness. Now, if you have invasions into your home, tormented by demon spirits, oppressiveness, heaviness like that, it is, they only come by invitation, There's some kind of moral rot there going on. And it's like flies and insects and gnats that are drawn to the the rotting fruit. Well, if there's rotting fruit in your life, that is what's going to attract demons. And they come around in greater numbers. So what you have to do is remove that which is causing the stench. The rotting parts of the soul have to be healed and cleaned out. 
That's what these freedom groups are all about. The rancid odor that is emitted by a person who has emotional wounds and that they won't deal with it or unforgiveness that is bitterness that is percolating this stench out of their life. It attracts more and more attention from the evil ones. That has to be dealt with. So that person that needs forgiven, that addiction that needs to be broken, the tongue that needs to be controlled, the ungodly relationship or any other type of sin, that is an invitation to these spirits all around us. But some people say, well, Satan can't cross the bloodline. If you don't have your armor on, he can. If you leave the door open, he's going to get in. If you leave the window open, he's going to stick his head in. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27, it says, don't give the devil a foothold. If it wasn't possible for Satan to have a foothold into your life, that verse, that warning wouldn't be given to us. And it was written to Christians. So it's given to us. If you open the door, you crack open the window, you allow sins to continue in your life, it's an invitation for these flies. It's, it's rotting, rotting fruit and, it, and the spirits can come creeping in. So do you have torment in your home? I'm going to ask the worship team to come up now. Do you have any kind of torment in your home? Are you continually in contention with other people all the time? Fighting, bickering, angry, arguing. Is that going on in your house? Are there movements taking place in your home? Are you filled with fear? Afraid of the dark? You're terrorized to be alone. That stuff can be broken. We are unique here at New Hope Christian Center. We don't just give you a referral to a doctor, to get you some medication. We deal with the situation. We deal with it at its root level. If spiritual remediation is in order, we apply that spiritual remediation and people get set free. Just yesterday morning, we heard several victory reports. It was just phenomenal, uh, the the reports. So, So as we sing this song, we want you to begin to reflect on your life If there's anything that you are doing that is offending God and attracting demons, now's the time to deal with it. Address that situation. Break that power. Give it to God. Put on that breastplate of righteousness. Learn how to walk in victory over that sin. And if you're needing help in any kind of addiction or in anything like that, There's help available for you. This is what we do at New Hope Christian Center. Listen, we're not putting you down for any kind of sin or addiction that that might be, be keeping you in bondage right now. We are not doing that. We're extending the mercy of God and saying, you can come out of that. You don't have to stay there. There's freedom available. Take the step.